Struggling for Purpose for Thursday, April 20th, 2023. My name is John Wilkerson. So I was recently on a Facebook Live with a good friend of mine, Winston Crutchfield, who has revived a series of novels, The Starman Saga. And he does these regular Facebook Live sessions where he talks about things that are related to the topics and the books, the sci-fi and the things like, and things like that. So I thought I would share that conversation that we had. It was about the Lyrid meteor shower and SpaceX. It's fairly short and I think you'll enjoy it. Now, keep in mind, I'm using the recording that Facebook provided, so I don't know how good the audio quality is going to be. In fact, I'm recording this introduction and I'll even be recording the outro before I've even heard the audio and had an opportunity to edit it. But I think it's good enough to put on a podcast. So with that being said, let's head over and listen to the conversation and then I'll be back with some closing comments. Why don't we go ahead and uh, kick things off? It's Wednesday. It's Starman and Salt. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring out the props because we're talking. You know, of course, I got a I got a Starman book. I got the right way asked there. Also thought I because uh, I have read uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Gaidel Turtles Guide to the Universe, so <laughs> I am therefore an expert on everything related to space. But. Uh, <laughs> I thought with your uh, superior hands-on experience, you might have something more relevant. And actually, it's funny. I had uh, wanted to talk about the solar eclipse because yeah. I was. Uh, it was suggested to me that uh, you know, hey, the the eclipse is coming up. I'm like, oh yeah, that was exciting. I remember the last one; everything turned purple and green, and it was or the setting yeah. of the, the you know animals all got really dead quiet, and everything was really weird. I need. Uh, an astronomy expert. I'll call John. <laughs> so, so there is another, there will be another total eclipse. Uh, there is a total eclipse happening actually right about now, but what if I'm have to be about we're in Australia to see it right now. Um, and then a year from now, there will be another total solar eclipse here in the U.S. Sweet. So, so shout out to Adam Collings. He's probably uh, in the middle of the, the solar eclipse right now. I know. He's in Tasmania. I don't think so. I think it's going over like the northwest corner of Australia. So, yeah. Oh, well. So he might see a partial eclipse. You, uh, you had some exciting stuff going on, too. You were telling me there's a meteor shower that we're going to be able to see. Yes. Um, it's, it's technically ongoing right now, but it's supposed okay. to peak tonight, uh, starting at, from, starting at 10 PM and then going through till about, I think about two in the morning is when they're expecting it to peak. It's the Lyrid meteor shower and it's named the Lyrid meteor shower because of where it originates in the sky. They're expecting a rate of 15 to 20 meteors an hour. That's a, a pretty decent clip, but you'd have to be in a very, very dark location to see that many. Wow. 
But for the most part, I think for most people, as long as you don't have too much light pollution, maybe you might see a nice fireball, uh, which is when they get really big. Basically, what you want to do is, you, and you can go online and, and, and find a map of it. They're going to originate from uh, the northeast portion of the sky. And you just basically want to go out about a half an hour before you're ready to observe. Make sure you got all the lights in your house, around your house, turned off. Get you a nice comfy chair that leans way back so you don't have to crick your neck up. Uh, so a nice beach chair works great, you know. And just kick back and look up at the sky. And you will probably see if you're out there for a couple hours, you'll see some. The darker it is, the more the more you'll see. What also tends to happen with these with these uh, meteor showers is, actually, when you get closer to dawn is when you can see what they call these fireballs because they're going to move because of where they're originating from. They're going to move on a longer trajectory through through the sky. So, a lot of people like to go out in the in the gloaming, as it's called, three, four o'clock in the morning, uh, and try and catch some of these uh, uh, fireballs. Nice. So, do we need to bring field glasses or a telescope, or is this something we'll be able to see naked? This is naked eye because you want as wide of a view as possible. Okay. Because oftentimes, what happens is you won't. It the meteors go by so quickly; it's often difficult to actually find them directly. And so what you'll notice usually is what happens is right out of the corner of your eye, you'll see, you'll see a streak. That's typically the way it happens, unless you just happen to be facing in exactly the right spot. I remember one night, this is probably going back 30 years ago. I was in the middle of nowhere, Texas, driving down the highway and I don't even remember which meteor shower it was, but they were just streaking across the sky as I was driving down the road. Uh, it was just an amazing thing to see. Ever, uh, ever actually seen a meteor shower? But I've, you know, lived in uh, cities for a good chunk of of my adult life. And yeah, yeah. Heavily wooded areas for a good chunk of my teenage years. Adam Collins says he likes space also, but he also likes to sleep. <laughs> That is uh, one of the that that's one of the things about if you are going to do any kind of amateur astronomy, <laughs> there's going to be some sleepless nights. <laughs> Anna wants to know if will this be visible in the southern hemisphere? No, the constellation's not visible from the southern he- hemisphere. Given how sparsely populated Australia is, it would not surprise me if you got far enough from any kind of major metropolitan area you would see i mean you'd have to wait a while but you'd probably see a meteor or two at night uh just because there's constantly dust and particles and nuts and bolts from things up in, <laughs> up in orbit that 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 are deorbiting that are going to hit right. the hit the sky and burn up so and they're flaming out on the on the way in right I'm in the Midwest. I'm in Southern Indiana. Whereabouts am I going to be looking? Just straight up. Want to look in so northeast. Northeast. Um, if look look towards the northeast. Um, 
and you want to look towards the constellation of Hercules, which probably doesn't help you because you don't know where Hercules is, go online, find your, and just, you can just look up a map of, of the sky tonight and, and it'll tell you where Hercules is, what Hercules looks like and where it would be located. Right. So, yeah, probably I can find, about, I can find the basics and I, I have a guidebook for, uh, yeah, probably <laughs> you want to look about 45 degrees up into the sky, which is why I say you want a chair that leans back. This is exciting. Ought to be, uh, I mean, it's, it's early enough in the night. You said 10 o'clock. I'm sure you mean 10 Eastern where you 10 30 PM Eastern. Yeah. Yeah. 30 PM Eastern. Right. So, I mean, that's fairly early. That's 930 for when this starts. Honestly, the later you go out is usually better because it's darker. Well, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I don't have to be up uh, super early in the morning. Tax season is over. Yep. <laughs> so I think uh, I think I may go meteor watching. All right. See uh, see what I can see. There's more to talk about. You said there was another astronomical event happening tomorrow, right? SpaceX. It, it was supposed to. They had to scratch the launch on Monday, but it's off schedule for. Tomorrow, they are going to be testing their Starship, which is the largest rocket uh, in the world right now. Yes, um, and that was on there. That was on their front page. I wasn't yeah. exactly sure what it was. Yeah, so th this is their first orbital test for the for the full stack. They've done the top part that's designed to carry people and cargo, and they've done the individual booster part. This is kind of the first major test of the full stack. And this this rocket is designed to go to Moon and Mars and beyond. One of the very interesting things about this rocket is that it can actually re... They've designed it so it can be refueled in orbit. So, so they put the rocket in orbit with the crew and the cargo for, you know, for when it's going to go to Mars. And they send up a second one that's been gutted with additional fuel right. to put in the rocket after it reached orbit because it's easier for it to leave orbit than it is for it to leave planet Earth itself. It takes right. so much fuel to just get off the planet. And so that way they don't have to, they can, they can launch more weight because they're not worried about immediately exiting orbit and getting, getting uh, uh, on a trajectory to Mars. The, the main crew portion of it, both portions are designed to uh, vertically launch and land. So, um, and the the crew portion and the cargo portion of it, they did a few, it was either last year or the year before, they did a, a, a belly flop maneuver. They launched up several kilometers and, ro and ro rotated the rocket and brought it down and then flipped it back up and landed wow. vertically. Yeah, so it's got a bunch of control surfaces on it that allow it to actually glide through the atmosphere, so that when it when it reenters, it can make a make a smoother reentry than just coming coming straight, you know, coming straight down or anything like that. So right, the 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 vertical takeoff and landing thing is such a staple of a uh, classic sci-fi, but I never I never really bought it. I mean, vertical takeoff, yes, but the, yeah. the vertical land, I mean, I, I just, 
I couldn't wrap my head around how that would be practical or safe, you know, or right. possible. And here SpaceX is doing it. So, yep. Yep. And that was like from day one, it was ver they wanted vertical because in order to have a vehicle that can be reused over and over and over again, you you can't have it landing in the ocean and having right. to cut, you know, because salt water is bad for these components. Oh, you know, I, there's an argument to be made there. Sure. You know, they can, they can be rebuilt, but okay. it's a lot cheaper if the thing just lands. And then all you have to do is do do a safety inspection, make sure everything is working, refuel it, and off it goes. So why uh, not the classic space shuttle landed horizontally? Believe it or not, the the space shuttle was not a good format. The Russians launched one shuttle and said, "Nope, this makes no sense. Uh, you can launch more weight on a rocket." And you just have like a, a, a capsule that's landing. It's a lot cheaper and easier. The space shuttle was so expensive to operate. Huh. And so that's that's really why. Um, because it took so much to operate that vehicle. And then, you know, when they got towards the end of their uh, end, end of their life, the the maintenance on it was just just ridiculous. Oh, so, you know. Yeah, I can imagine. I guess we've come full circle. The, uh, you know, the airplane-style spaceships that uh, look to be the future of space travel are now sci-fi, and we're back to we're back to rocket ships from the yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, it certainly served the shuttle. Certainly served its purpose. I'm. It, it was able. We wouldn't have the International Space Station. Right. The way that we have it now without the shuttle program, that's for sure. But the cost of that was just astronomical compared to what Russia was was spending when they were sending up their components. Right. I excited for what SpaceX is doing. Their Crew Dragon program is just I think it's fantastic. NASA only sends up four people in it, but they can actually accommodate six in the Crew Dragon. That particular craft actually is, I mean, it's re, it, it is reusable, but it does a splashdown in the ocean. Right. The traditional, like a capsule, you know, traditional capsule landing. I mean, they've done, they did the first civilian orbital flight. Um, they've got plans for more civilian flights. And I mean, who knows? Maybe they, they might beat NASA to Mars with putting someone on the on the red planet i greatly appreciate the time that you have uh that you've taken to uh better educate me uh you know a strong me has always been that's that's one of those things i learned just enough about it in uh scouts to be dangerous yeah and, and you know I, I can pick out most of the you know the the famous constellations well, and you've uh, you've convinced me that I need to pay closer attention to SpaceX than I have in the past. Yep. So and, I mean that's and, that's always worth. It. Yeah. And they they live stream their launches, every single one of them, whether it's satellites or anything like that. They live stream them, usually on YouTube. How, how have I not and, heard about this? And and it's not like you know the stodgy old commentary that you used to see. You know, right. it's. Uh, it's a little more, a little more modern, 
modern commentary. So Adam Colling says sci-fi is becoming reality right in front of us. Yeah, well, yeah it is kind very of, much so. It is kind very of, much so. Golly. All right, well, I'm going to let us go. Of course, you can find uh, Starman stuff at starmansaga.com. But again, I do thank you for being on and uh, for uh, for coming to give people information about this event, which is really timely. I mean, it's happening right now and tonight, yep. tomorrow. And I would not have uh, I would not have been able to uh, to tell anybody, hey, go see this. <laughs> so I'm glad you're here. <laughs> you bet. I'm glad to be on your question. What's that? I said, thanks for having me on. Hey, my pleasure. My pleasure, John. It's always a good time. I do want to thank Winston for giving me the opportunity to speak on his Facebook Live. It was great talking to him again and seeing his face. We go way back as podcasting buddies and friends. We've actually met before at at his house, and I I count him as, as one of my good friends and I just want to encourage you to go over to starmansaga.com and check out the books there and where you can get them. And also, if you want to ever find any information about an eclipse or a meteor shower or anything like that, there's a couple of good sites that I recommend. One is timeanddate.com. There's, of course, space.com. And you could also check out spaceweather.com as well. And finally, if you want to follow along with SpaceX, all you got to do is head over to spacex.com. My name's Sean Wilkerson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking me in your ears.